Over 600 distressed Filipino workers in Kuwait have been repatriated amid its labor row with the Philippines. Alert level 2 raised in Mayon volcano due to its increased activity. We'll tackle that as well as the latest situation in Taal volcano with the chief of the FIVOX Volcano Monitoring and Eruption Prediction Division, Mariton Bornas. China's defense minister accuses the United States and its allies of trying to destabilize the Indo-Pacific. And in sports, the Miami Heat even up their NBA final series with the Denver Nuggets. I'm Stanley Palisada. Dateline Philippines begins right now. For those of you watching us on YouTube and Facebook, glad you could join us. Our top story at this hour, the labor row between the Philippines and Kuwait depends. With over 600 distressed Filipino workers there being repatriated since last month. The repatriated workers include distressed workers with labor cases, those with problems with employers, and some who are overstaying their visas or have no work permit. The Department of Migrant Workers expects more OFWs in Kuwait to be flown home this month. Between May and June, uh -oh. meron po tayong 644 repatriated uh, distressed OFWs from Kuwait. Uh, meron pang dalawang flights padating ng, uh, until June 8. Kuwait has imposed an entry ban on Filipinos who do not have a residency permit. Its government has demanded that the Philippines shut down the shelters housing migrant workers who escaped from their employers. But Manila has stood firm on maintaining these shelters. Iliwanag naman ho natin sa Kuwaiti side ito sa pag-uusap nung siguro may tatlong linggo na na yung pong tinatawag na shelter, yun yung pananatili uh, ng mga kababayan natin uh, habang sila ipinoprocess at maendorso sa Kuwaiti side, sa Kuwaiti government. The two sides are expected to resume their talks on the labor issue next month. In other news, Senate Minority Leader Coco Pimentel counters Senator Mark Villar's projection. The proposed Maharlika Investment Fund will generate a possible 8.6% return on equity every year. Pimentel says this will not be achievable or it is tough to achieve as the world goes through a difficult economic situation. Pimentel had urged President Marcos to veto the measure to give Congress more time to scrutinize it. That projection of 8.6, that's a very brave and positive projection, but that still remains a projection. And the world economy is in bad shape. Even the manager of the Norwegian Sovereign Wealth Fund, yung gold standard ngayon eh, said that for uh, in the next 10 years, it is uh, very, very difficult to generate returns. How much will we spend in hiring the different kinds of experts and their support staff so that we will be able to successfully generate returns in a very difficult world economic situation. Senator Pimentel, meanwhile, questions how useful national IDs are. This following report, some banks are not recognizing national IDs as proof of identity. Pimentel earlier urged the Senate Blue Ribbon Committee to investigate the delay in the issuance of the national IDs. No hearing has yet been set.
I think the final uh, budget for this would be more than 20 billion pesos. I've got some negative feedback that even uh, some institutions, and including banks, will not accept it because there is no signature. It must be a uh, a weakness in the in the design uh, or the overall planning of the ID. So, pag-usapan natin yun. Amid questions over who will replace Central Bank Governor Felipe Medalia, whose term expires next month, Finance Chief Benjamin Diokno said it is not him. The former BSP governor says he is almost sure that he is going to stay in his current role, but it's still up to the president. He adds many candidates are being considered and even Medalia can be reappointed to the position. The central bank governor plays an increasingly crucial role especially as the country faces high inflation, higher borrowing costs, and mounting debt. Philippine inflation seen to further slow to 8 or 6% in May from the 6.6% recorded in April on base effects and the government's interventions that help temper the prices of food. Meanwhile, core inflation, which removes volatile food and energy prices, is expected to slip to 7.5% in May from 7.9% in April. Keeping the pressure on inflation, high fuel prices, and a depreciating Philippine peso that led to higher costs for power generation. Official inflation data will be out on June 6, that's Tuesday, and ANC will carry that live. A bit of good news for motorists, a rollback in pump prices is set Tuesday. Gasoline and kerosene prices will be slashed by 60 centavos per liter. Diesel prices, meanwhile, go down by 30 centavos per liter. Industry experts say oil prices slumped last week, weighed down by the supply risks and China's weak economic data. Saudi Arabia will make additional production cuts of 1 million barrels per day starting July. This is part of a broader output-limiting deal of the Organization of Petroleum Exporting Countries and Allies, led by Russia or OPEC+, which faces flagging oil prices and a looming supply cut. The new cut is in addition to the group's 2 million barrels per day cut last year and a surprise voluntary cut of 1.6 million, which took effect this month. Aside from this, the group also agreed to reduce overall production targets from 2024 by a further total of 1.4 million barrels per day. Since Russia's invasion of Ukraine, Western nations have accused OPEC of manipulating oil prices and siding with Russia. Back here at home, the government's food stamp program would need around 40 billion pesos for its full implementation that would cover about 1 million poor families. Philippine Social Welfare Undersecretary Edu Punay says they are eyeing to roll out the program next month and would last until December. Punay stresses the 3,000 peso food credit per family cannot be used elsewhere and would only be credited for food. Each family will have a tap card that they can use to get food from partner supermarkets and stores. Cancel all reclamation projects in the country, that call coming from Fisher Folk Group Pamalakaya. This, as it asserts, such projects hurt the livelihood of fishermen. The group says it will double down on that call 
by staging a massive protest during President Marcus's second State of the Nation address next month. 24 reclamation projects are currently in place in the country, but this might still increase as there are still 147 applications being processed. Nationally coordinated protesto uh, sa iba't ibang mga rehiyon na mayroong issue ng reclamation ay meron din silang sariling gagawing pagkilos no sa iba't ibang forma bisdan sa kanilang kakayahan pwedeng indoor mga foro mga asimblea uh, mga rally no para maipahayag yung state of the nation ng mga mangisda against the reclamation ganun din dito sa National Capital Region sa Manila Bay Ang plano natin ay magkaloon ng lakbayan ng mga mangista at mga mamayan uh, laban sa reklamasyon. President Ferdinand Marcos Jr. wants to be remembered as a leader that helped ordinary Filipinos. In his vlog, Marcos says he is not thinking about his legacy yet due to his work, but he gives his assurance he is doing what is best for the country. Pagka maganda naman ang ating magagawa, yan ang magiging legacy yan. Ha? At hindi naman dapat kailangan isipin, ginagawa ito para maalala ako. Ay hindi, ginagawa ito, ginagawa natin lahat para makabuti at makatulong sa taong bayan. In other news, the manhunt for the escaped gunman behind the killing of Oriental Mindoro broadcaster Crescenciano Bundukin is still underway. The Oriental Mindoro police says the motive behind the killing may be due to Bundukin's profession as a media commentator, or it may be due to a personal grudge. Authorities vow to bring the perpetrators to justice. Tuloy-tuloy pa rin po, hindi po natin titigilan hanggat uh, hindi po natin nahuli ito. At ngayong uh, maaga naman po ay nagpiprepare tayo sa lahat ng mga requirement or pertinence document para masampahan po natin ang kaso yung ating person of interest. upang malabasan ng warrant para maipaalam na natin sa lahat ng ano at uh, ito yung taong hinahanap. Lahat naman po ng uh, dokumento ay pinag-aaralan ng ating legal ngayon at sa bandang uli doon ay pasasampahan natin ng kaso yung mga involved sa insidenteng ito. An infectious diseases expert assures the public the first batch of bivalent COVID vaccines that arrived in the Philippines will not go to waste. The nearly 400,000 doses of Pfizer's updated vaccine were donated by Lithuania. Dr. Ronjin Solante says the shots will be rolled out as third boosters for healthcare workers and senior citizens. He notes healthcare workers are eager to receive the shot since it is designed to provide additional protection against the Omicron variant. For healthcare workers, We have like uh, 800,000 or 1 million population. Medyo, uh, ano na to, uh, masasagad na natin to. Mm-hmm. Plus, uh, doon pa sa mga uh, elderly population. No? So, these are really limited supplies of the vaccine na uh, pwedeng maubos to in due time. Kung mag-portrait uli ang government and pangmaramihan na, I think uh, it will not be, it will be again, facing anong, ano yung pinaka-most vulnerable population Probably the next uh, population will be the, those with comorbidities, those who are immunocompromised. At uh, ganyan ang magiging uh, recommendation natin, no? na hindi na talagang pangkalahatan. The COVID positivity rate in the country trending downwards. Based on the latest tally of the Okta Research Group, the nationwide COVID positivity rate is now at 18.6%.
That is as of June 3rd. This is lower than the 19.4% recorded just the day prior. Still, Okta encourages the public to be vaccinated against COVID-19. In fact, almost certain. Uh, at some point in this year, magkakaroon ulit ng pagtaas. Ganun talaga yung ano, what we can expect sa COVID ngayon. Magkakaroon ng pagtaas, pagbaba, pagtaas, pagbaba. Parang every month, maraming mga bago sa virus. Hindi naman lahat ito ay infectious, pero may mga iba uh, nag-mutate na nagiging mas infectious. At ito yung mga nakikita natin kumakalat. Tulad nga yung uh, Arcturus, yung Kraken, at ito nga ang bagong Acrox. Ang sinasabi nila, uh, mukhang nagkakos ng wave sa ibang Based on the bio-surveillance report of the health department, the number of cases of the COVID-19 Omicron subvariant XBB.1.16 has already reached 44. The DOH has also recorded 118 cases of other Omicron subvariants. Thousands of hopefuls flocked to the University of the Philippines' Diliman on the second day of the UP College Admission Test, or UPCAT, on Sunday. For Admissions Director Francisco de los Reyes, this year's examinations were a success due to the high or huge turnout at the UP Diliman campus and other testing centers nationwide. He adds walk-ins or examinees were late or even allowed to take the test. The UPCAT had been suspended for the past three years due to the pandemic. And dami po talaga nag-walk in. Hindi mo rin masisisi eh, kasi online ang application natin. Marami pa rin bahagi ng Pilipinas. Hindi pa rin nila, hindi pa ganun ka-stable ang internet connectivity para mag-log on doon sa portal namin. So we recognize that. The admissions office says it is eyeing to release the UPCAT results by May 3rd of next year. Parts of Ross Boulevard in Manila will be temporarily closed to make way for the commemoration of Philippine Independence Day on June 12. The Metropolitan Manila Development Authority says a road closure will be implemented from PM Calao to P. Burgos from 5 a.m. to 10 a.m. for a flag-raising ceremony. Katigbak Parkway, South Road, and Independence Road will also be closed to motorists from 12 a.m. to 10 p.m. due to a civic military parade. The MMDA adds it will assign personnel that will manage traffic in these affected areas. Up next, state seismologists monitor increasing unrest at the Mayon Volcano. Just as the Taal Volcano continues to emit more gas, more on those stories when Dateline Philippines returns. Back with more news, Senator Risa Ontiveros raises the possibility of Filipinos taking legal action against the proposed Maharlika Investment Fund Bill, which is now awaiting President Marcus's signature. Ara Perez joins us with that story. Hi, Ara. What can you tell us? Hello, Tani. Senator Risa Ontiveros believes in the genuine minority in both houses of Congress, but admitted the decision on the proposed Maharlika Investment Fund is now up to President Ferdinand Marcos Jr. Ontiveros is the sole no vote when senators decided on the bill on the wee hours of Wednesday, May 31. However, the legislator said citizens may still take action in the, ju in the judiciary, depending on Marcos's decision on the proposal, which he certified as urgent in the upper and lower houses. 
In the House, there's Representative Ed Selegman. But now, the ball is in the court of the President, and depending on his action, the the judiciary may be called upon by our citizens uh, to take action. So it's never too late uh, to either fight a current battle or to keep on fighting longer-term ones. Despite being just one vote for you? And despite one being one vote so far, despite being just two voices in the minority, there's also a genuine minority in the House. At higit, higit sa aming mga mambabadas, there's our people organized in different sectors, in different regions, who just won't give up. That's why we celebrate Philippine independence. Monteveros is in New York for the 2023 Philippine Independence Day Parade at Madison Avenue. During the parade, the legislator was joined by Philippine Ambassador to the United States, Jose Manuel Bay Bromualdez. Monteveros also met Filipino-American and reigning Miss Universe Arboni Gabriel at the Philippine Independence Day Parade. Danny. All right, thank you so much for the update, Ara Perez. Charges have been filed against seven policemen in Angeles City in Pampanga in the illegal detention and extortion of several individuals. Authorities discovered that the cops were keeping 13 individuals at the Angeles City Police Station 2 without any charges filed. The victims claimed the policemen threatened to slap drug charges against them if they did not give in to their monetary demands. The PNP vows to conduct more random inspections of detention facilities following the incident. Ganun po yung allegation nila na uh, wala pong nakuha sa kanila, tinanim lang yung drugs and then uh, dinitain sila. Mga ordinary citizens po ito, mga, mahi, mga mahirap nating kababayan, yung iba po, a tricycle driver, yung iba construction workers, yung iba vendors. World News Now, China's defense minister accuses the United States and its allies of trying to destabilize the Indo-Pacific. This comes hours after a near collision between warships of Washington and Beijing in the Taiwan Strait. In a speech during the Shangri-La Dialogue Security Summit in Singapore, Li Shangfu said the U.S. is provoking confrontation for self-interest. He also warned any severe confrontation between the United States and China would bring an unbearable disaster to the world. Lee said the U.S. naval presence in the Taiwan Strait is an example of Washington creating chaos in the region. Washington has said the Chinese destroyer had cut across its warship during a joint exercise between the United States and Canadian Navy in the Taiwan Strait. Now it called China's maneuver unsafe. Still on the Shangri-La dialogue in Singapore, Manila's top defense official, Senior Undersecretary Carlito Galvez Jr., calls on other countries to uphold the rule of law in the South China Sea. He says international law is the greatest equalizer among states, citing Manila's 2016 arbitral victory against Beijing as an example of how maritime tensions can be resolved. He also highlighted the need for a code of conduct in the South China Sea. ASEAN's principle of openness, transparency, and inclusivity represents its continued equitable treatment of norms and principles, offering a neutral ground where all table their interests in the region. It is only in this light that the Philippines continues to seek a substantive ASEAN-China code of conduct in the South China Sea, 
through a process that perseveres despite the pressures of destabilizing actions and incidents on intimidations. Over in Washington, F-16 fighter jets are scrambled in a supersonic chase of a light aircraft with an unresponsive pilot. The jets caused a sonic boom over the U.S. Capitol, causing anxiety among residents. Officials say they attempted to establish contact with the pilot until the Cessna crashed into the mountains of Virginia. A search is now underway to find the wreckage. Four people were on board the Cessna, which was bound for Long Island MacArthur Airport in New York. Russian forces claim they thwarted a major Ukrainian offensive in the southern region of Donetsk. Moscow says Ukraine launched the large-scale offensive Sunday, but it foiled the attack with Russian forces killing 250 Ukrainian troops. It is unclear, though, if the reported attack is part of the long-awaited Ukrainian offensive to recapture some territories taken by Russia. The Ukrainian military earlier renewed its plea for operational silence around that expected offensive. Indian rescue workers complete their operations as focus now turns to determining the cause of the country's deadliest rail crash in more than two decades. The accident killed at least 275 people. Now the death toll from Friday's crash was revised down from 288 after it was found that some bodies had been counted twice. The tally unlikely to rise further with the rescue operations now over. Nearly 1,200 people were also injured when a passenger train hit a stationary freight train, jumped the tracks, and hit another passenger train passing in the opposite direction near the district of Balasore. Signal failure has emerged as the likely cause of the accident. India's Railway Board has recommended that the case be handed over to the Central Bureau of Investigation. Still ahead, the Miami Heat, even the odds as they take Game 2 of the NBA Finals. More on that when we come back. You're watching Dateline Philippines here on ANC. You're still watching Dateline Philippines. The National Water Resources Board urges Filipinos to conserve water amid the onset of the rainy season. The agency expects the rainfall may help recharge water reservoirs in the country, including the Angat Dam. The NWRB says the dam is still at its normal operating level. But its supply might not be enough when the El Nino begins. We have to closely monitor Angat Dam, no? particularly if we are going to within the next two months. It's a level because the dam is now going to be Rainfall na tulot siguro ng mga dalawang bagyo no, to uh, re fully recharge the dam. Ngayon pa lang, eh, mag-conserve na tayo no? in case na hindi talaga makarecover no, ng maayos no, yung uh, ganda. State Weather Bureau Pagasa says the Philippines is expecting only 15 typhoons this year due to El Nino, fewer than the normal count of 18 to 21 typhoons a year. Speaking of weather, the southwest monsoon will prevail over parts of the Philippines on the onset of the rainy season. Let's get more details from ABS-CBN's resident meteorologist, Ariel Rojas. Hi, Ariel. Good afternoon. 
Hi, good afternoon. Stanley Pagasa officially declared the start of the rainy season 2023 last Friday. After the widespread rains brought by thunderstorms the past weeks, the passage of Super Typhoon Betty and the prevailing southwest monsoon or Habagat. The looming El Nino expected to start this June, July, August season will enhance the Habagat, which will bring above normal rains over the western part of the country until September. Less than normal rains will be experienced during the last quarter of 2023 until the first quarter of 2024, which may lead to dry spells and drought in some areas. This week, weak Habagat will prevail over the western section of the country and will bring scattered rains over Palawan, western Visayas, and Zamboanga Peninsula this Monday. Intense thunderstorms are also expected later today over Ilocos region, central Luzon, Calabarzon, Barm, Davao region, and Soxergen. Metro Manila is expected to also have uh, rains this afternoon and evening from thunderstorms. Meanwhile, two weather disturbances are being monitored outside the Philippine area of responsibility. The first low-pressure area is in the middle of the West Philippine Sea, which is forecast to head towards southern China. The other LPA is almost 1,200 kilometers east of Visayas. It may develop into a tropical cyclone in the next 48 hours and meander along or enter the PAR today, but is not seen to hit land. Moving near northern Luzon, may mean an enhanced habagat by weekend, but that remains to be seen. So please continue monitoring for updates as the forecast will still change. That's the latest on the weather. Back to you, Stanley. Okay, Ariel, we have two developing stories right now. We're seeing Mayon and Taal volcanoes acting up. Uh, would there be a weather forecast, particularly over these areas? We're talking about Batangas and even Albay. Yes, because may issue special weather advisories for these special areas. But mm -hmm. for uh, Taal Volcano, it will be affected by uh, Habagat. But for this week, the southwest monsoon will be quite weak. Um, but we are expecting uh, thunderstorms in the afternoon or evening in the Batangas area. For Albay, where Mayan mm -hmm. Volcano is located, mm -hmm. thunderstorms will also be the uh, weather uh, phenomenon affecting the area expected in the afternoon or evenings, but not as intense as those in the Taal area. All right. We look forward to all of those uh, special advisories from Pagasa. Thanks so much, Ariel Rojas. Moving on, Philippine volcanologists raising the alert level around Mayon Volcano to 2. That's due to the increased volcanic activity since last week, or the last week of April even. Over 300 rockfall events and 26 volcanic earthquakes have been recorded in Mayon since that month. The Philippine Institute of Volcanology and Seismology advises the public to refrain from entering the volcano's six-kilometer permanent danger zone. It also urges nearby communities to prepare in case of an ashfall. Over in Taal Volcano, local officials say their constituents remain unaffected by the volcano's increased activity. The Philippine Seismology Institute earlier said it is closely monitoring Taal after low-level activity was detected in the volcano Friday. Fivox also noted there is an increase in the average emission of sulfur dioxide. Now, despite this, local officials say their day-to-day -day activities have not been disrupted. They, however, assert they are prepared in case the situation worsens. Nakaready naman po kang LDU. Actually, dati po walang office din siya. Amin dito yung... Coast Guard, binigyan ko na rin po sila ng opisina rito para po ma-monitor yung pong ating mga kababayan na malapit doon sa Bulgan. Everything normal pero mag-announcein ako na mag-tote sila ng face mask. Kami po ay nakahanda, lalong-laro na po at noon hong dadating sana ang Super Typhoon, si Betty, talaga pong naka-alert na po kami. At hanggang ngayon po ay 
nagpapa-duty po kami ng 24 hours. For more on the increased activity of the Mayon and Taal volcanoes, we'll be speaking with the chief of the FIVOX Volcano Monitoring and Eruption Prediction Division, Mariton Bornas. Good afternoon uh, and welcome to ANC, Ms. Bornas. Good afternoon and thank you for having me. Let's talk about Taal first. It is acting up and based on your assessment, would this kind of situation necessitate the evacuation of residents anytime soon, Ms. Bornas? Uh, so right now we're just... Uh, 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 advising people to be ready and mm. to be watchful mm. because we have a renewed uh, tremor activity from Tal Volcano. So we've not had any uh, significant seismic activity from the volcano for a, for a long time. You know? So with this renewed tremor activity, uh, we've also seen a slight increase in the degassing activity of Taal Volcano, mm -hmm. which has actually produced bog or volcanic smog. This is a pollution from mm -hmm. the volcano, no? and it can cause irritation, especially for susceptible members of our uh, communities. No? This would be the senior citizens, mm -hmm. expecting mothers, children, infants, people with respiratory diseases. So we have to be watchful no? and avoid uh, entering volcano Taal Volcano Island, especially the Taal Main Crater and the Daang Castilla Trail. Okay, now we know for a fact that, well, in 2020, this kind of situation escalated very fast. Now, is there any indication that it is the same situation that would require alert levels to be raised? And how likely are you raising the alert level at this point? The, the situation is vastly different right now because okay. in 20 in uh, before the eruption of Taal in 2020, the volcano was really pressurized. Mm -hmm. uh, there was in uh, the volcano was swell, swollen. Mm -hmm. It was inflated, and we had uh, hundreds even of uh, volcanic earthquakes per day. Mm -hmm. Now the volcano is actually not swollen. The caldera is actually deflated. Okay. We only have the western section of the Taal Volcano Island, which is uh, exhibiting a bit of inflation. And then um, uh, we've had no significant earthquake activity other than the tremor events. The tremors that we are, the tremor that we have been recording since last week, mm -hmm. this is actually. Uh, very low in energy compared to those that we have recorded in 2021 no? mm -hmm. by an order of magnitude even. No? Okay, so it's not quite the same. Now, uh, let's it's go not back. Quite the same. Yeah, mm -hmm. let's go back to what you mentioned about uh, prohibitions earlier. So let's walk through that again. What are the prohibitions uh, for both residents and fishermen or businesses around the area as of this moment? So we are advising the public to stay away from Taal Volcano Island because okay. of the chances of phreatic eruptions. These okay. are the steam-driven eruptions, uh, expulsions of volcanic gas, okay. and uh, uh, ashfall that may emanate from Taal Volcano Island. No. And businesses can continue but, as of the moment. Even this can fishing. continue as of the even fishing. Sorry? Even fishing. Uh, well. Uh, this has been going on. No? Um, mm. We cannot really uh, stop people from doing right. um, the livelihood. Their, their livelihood. No? I think in nila, this is their source of income and living. So just to be careful and be watchful of uh, 
the volcano and listen to our advisories. No? Which, you, are, like which you, to... you also come out with these advisories every so often, yes. I imagine. Yes, where where yes. can they access and information then, like that? Yeah, you can. Uh, people can access our uh, website. You mm. also have uh, very active social uh, media pages, uh, mm. Facebook, Twitter. And we also have an app that you can download from Google. No? Uh, it's an Android. Uh, it's an Android-only app. It's Volcano PH Info app, uh, through which you can uh, uh, receive our updates, advisories, and all other issuances directly on your cell phone. Mm -hmm. We would also like to uh, caution communities east of the volcano uh, from uh, receiving because uh, they might receive a lot of uh, sulfur dioxide, like in the past, no. Right. Because the gassing has been increasing. Okay, and uh, have you been coordinating with Pagasa? Because earlier we had our weather report and we've touched a bit about Mayon and Taal, how the weather would be like, uh, perhaps even anticipating uh, some effects of Habagat, whether mild or otherwise. Uh, is there any indication that uh, this will affect specific towns? And what towns are these? Well, the weather is actually not so much of an influence mm. in volcanic activity. When you have magma from Yeah, but you were talking about the uh, wind direction that might affect the eastern part. Oh, yes, part. yes, yes. Right. So uh, actually, Pag-asa provides us uh, air, air parcel trajectory data for mm. our volcanoes. No? And um, when there is excessive degassing from Taal, for example, we uh, they actually provide us the air parcel tra trajectory data so that we can provide uh, advanced information on what communities should expect uh, volcanic okay. SO2. Okay, let's talk about Mayon Volcano now. We're seeing alert level 2 over the area. What's the situation like out there in Albay? We've been having, we've been experiencing and detecting rockfall since this year. Mm -hmm. But since April, there has been a slight rise in the incidence of rockfall. And mm -hmm. then in this past few days, since June, uh, we've seen a rapid, uh, steep increase in the incidence of rockfall events. No? Mm. Now, rockfall in Mayon is actually quite significant because this means that material is being pushed beneath the uh, neck of the volcano. Mm. And so the material is being pushed from beneath, so you, the material on top, on top of the dome is actually collapsing and forming rockfall. Okay. So we would we might see this as a start as the start of in another magmatic eruption. Okay. But there is also the possibility that this might cease. You no. Know? So there are two scenarios: the the 2018 scenario, in which rockfall activity progressed into magmatic eruption, mm -hmm. or the 2014 scenario in which. Uh, the uh, rockfall activity uh, progressed uh, into a very short uh, lava flow and then stopped. You know? So we can have these two kinds of uh, scenarios. So it, it's interesting because Mayon volcano is very much well observed considering that it is an active volcano uh, based on the symptoms, uh, on the signs that you're seeing right now, how immediate can an escalation happen uh, given those conditions? Well, the, the big difference right now is we do not see a very high emission of sulfur dioxide. Mayon is a notorious emitter mm. of sulfur dioxide. Mm. And in mo most of its eruptions, 
there is a steep in uh, there is a very pronounced increase in the sulfur dioxide which emission. you don't so see at this point we, which right. we don't see at okay. this point so we are not really see uh, expecting a rapid escalation of oh. activity but then again <laughs> you know it can happen yeah volcanoes we can have a sudden influx of magma from beneath and the, the rise can be rapid so it's really difficult to say we really need to uh, observe the volcano 24 7. okay we know that alba is used to uh volcanic eruptions uh, given that mayon is very active but still uh even if there are protocols in place what is the advice to residents there uh, I, I think uh, people already know that they should stay away from the six kilometer mm. permanent danger zone because okay. of the danger of rock falls, landslides, and if we have a sudden phreatic eruption, we might have pyroclastic density currents or what the Bicolanos call uson, right. uh, 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 rushing down the slopes. And this might uh, affect them. You know? So within the six kilometer permanent danger zone, Mm -hmm. There should uh, already be no entry or a minimization of activity within that zone. Okay, Mariton Bornas, we appreciate the information to keep us posted. Thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. Thank you and uh, po kayo. Have Thank a good you. day. Sports Now, Red Bull continues its sweep of the Formula One season as it secures its seventh straight victory. Max Verstappen dominated the Spanish Grand Prix from pole position to strengthen his championship lead to 53 points. Now seven-time world champion Lewis Hamilton finished a distant second for Mercedes with teammate George Russell completing the podium. Red Bull's Sergio Perez, Verstappen's closest championship rival, finished fourth after starting 11th. The win was Verstappen's fifth of the season and the third in a row. The Dutch 25-year-old also secured a bonus point for fastest lap. I'm on the same planet. <laughs> but uh, no, it's been a really good weekend. I mean, the car was really nice to drive. Then you have a lot of confidence, you know, to really get everything out of it and quite natural as well. And then in the race, yeah, we knew that, of course, with that tire choice, maybe it was a bit more risky to, to turn one. But luckily, everything worked out. And um, yeah, from there onwards, I could do my own race, even though on the hard compound, I was not really happy. The, probably the compound was a bit too hard for the, the conditions with you know, colder weather and just not a lot of grip. Um, and uh, yeah, once I saw back to the soft, I think you could see the gap was going up again. And uh, yeah, that, that tire was just a bit better. This result is definitely what we're working towards, and this is an amazing. And down to all the great, great work that's going on with the people back at the factory, just keeping their heads down. Just, I hope everyone's re feeling really proud back at the factory. Um, and George did a great job today, so we've delivered good points on a whole. And uh, take, I think today we took more points than Red Bull. I think maybe today, or as many, probably. Um, so we just got to try and keep this up. Uh, for us to be quicker than the Ferraris and the Astons today was was really mega. The Philippines off to a good start at the 2023 ASEAN Para Games in Cambodia. The country's Paralympians won nine gold medals Sunday, including three in chess and two in swimming. Indonesia currently leads the medal tally, followed by Vietnam and Thailand. The Philippines is in fourth place with nine golds, 11 silvers and 12 bronze medals.
The Miami Heat once again showed their resilience, rallying in the second half to defeat the Denver Nuggets in their level NBA final showdown at a game apiece. Now, our North America Bureau correspondent Steve Angeles joins us with highlights from the game, or game two even, in Denver, Colorado. Go ahead, Steve. Yeah, Stanley, after a hot start and a big fourth quarter, Coach Eric Spolster and the Miami Heat are heading back to Florida with the NBA Finals tied at one game apiece. The Miami Heat won game two on Sunday night, 111-108, to bouncing back from a lackluster shooting and a lack of free throws in game one. Miami started the game leading 26-23. The Nuggets eventually finished the half 57-51, but the Heat outscored the Nuggets in the fourth, 36-25, for a final score of 111-108. With, with the series tied up at one game apiece, it now heads back to Miami. And this is the first time that Miami has defeated the Nuggets in Denver since the 2016 season. And no matter what happens over the next two games in Miami, there will be a Game 5 back in Denver. And with the way the Heat won on Sunday night, they're confident that they can continue winning in the Mile High City. Stanley? All right. Now, Steve, uh, what were the keys to Miami's comeback in Game 2? What adjustments, if you will, did they make? Well, in Game 1, part of the problem was shots not falling, so their shots fell today. They did make one big starting lineup adjustment. They started Kevin Love instead mm. of Caleb Martin and... Kevin Love already put up uh, 10 rebounds, 6 points, and, you know, it looked good. And just the fact they were driving more. They were a lot more aggressive, and they were drawing fouls. They drew. They only drew two fouls in game one. Here, they hit about mm -hmm. 14 or so, and and that played a big difference. Um, they did not slow down the joke. Well, they slowed down the joker passing-wise. He only had four assists. He still scored 41 points, but they also slowed down all of the other Nuggets players. Michael Porter only had five points. Aaron Gordon only 12. Jamal Murray was kind of cold. Only 18 points compared to 26 the night before. So they've made their adjustments over the past two days, and it seemed to have worked. All right, still on Miami, Steve. Uh, there are reports that injured star guard Tyler Harrow could play in Game 3. Any update on his condition? There is a possibility. That's what's been floating around all week. But Coach Spolstra would not confirm nor deny or set the time till. He did say that they are happy with the progress that he's making. So we'll know. Uh, there's two more off days before Game 3. So, And I've seen him on the court. He's he's getting his full contact drills in. He's actually working. And, you know, looks he's looking ready. All right, Steve Andrews from Denver. Thank you so much. Thanks, Taylor. And that'll do it for today. Thanks for joining us. I'm Stanley Palisada. If you want to revisit today's episode, you can play back this newscast on the YouTube channel of ABS-CBN News and on ANC 24-7 on Facebook. Keep safe, everyone, as you keep it here on the News Channel.